0: G'day sports fans. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Sports by Bright Podcast. Coming at ya with JLo Into. in tow. Another Ripper episode with a great man himself. We've reached it. We're finally at AFL Fantasy Grand Final Week. Hopefully the fantasy faithful listening to this have something to play for in round 23. I personally do not, but that's okay because I'm still going to have fun with my last two trades of the season. And there's still plenty of stuff to talk about in a sporting landscape as well. Obviously, with round 23 here, there are plenty of ramifications from this weekend's game. So JLo and I give our picks of Carlton versus Collingwood. We talk a little bit of the Ben Rutten, Essendon saga that's going on. Personally, I think Alistair Clarkson will just end back up at North. But watch this space. He hasn't signed the dotted line yet. So that remains to be seen. We talk through a couple of retirees as well. One of them who fuels today's Mount Rushmore when we talk about some of the greatest Port Adelaide players in the history of the AFL. And even though the NBA is in its lull in the downswing of relevant news, we talk about the Pacific Division, which has some pretty interesting teams in it, some of which I think are going to be very relevant when it comes to the pointy end of the 2022-23 NBA season. So, a jam-packed podcast lined up for you. Let's not waste any time. Here we go. We have reached the last week of the fantasy season. We have overcome a lot of trials and tribulations, uh, some more than others. And there's no other bloke I would rather sit down here and talk basketball, football and fantasy with than Jacob Loverian. How are you going uh, mid-August, mate?
1: It's fucking cold. Oh, yeah, it's cold up there too. It is so fucking cold, man. Plus, uh, anyway, it's all good. Can't use the aircon because there's a COVID person in the house. So Ooh. don't can't have it cycling through. So I'm, I'm still hanging in there. Haven't had my second wave, but uh, we'll just see how we roll. But good yep. otherwise. Good, glad glad this bullshit fantasy season's over, even though it's been my most successful yet. Ready to say goodbye <laughs> to the trials.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I'm i glad we've reached the end of the fantasy season. I don't want to tease the sportsby fans too much because I think fantasy will be towards the back end of the podcast. You know me, I love to change the order around every now and then. Uh, or, you know what, I'm going to give you a bit of uh, a bit of say. Should we just do fantasy first and then do basketball? Or wh- where do you reckon? Yeah,
1: let's let's give the people what
0: All they right. want. Yeah, okay. For the people that want to do a 15, 20-minute segment and tune out, here comes the fantasy tidbits.
1: Don't say I don't do anything for your sports fans. <laughs> uh, yeah, look, I'm glad that this season
0: is nearly over. However, the large fries and coke. Managed to move up last week. <laughs> yeah, I went from like six thousand two hundredth to five thousand nine hundredth or something. So finally, a bit of a bit of a climb after a lot of negative regression uh, for the sportsby boys. Scored two, three, one, one, and uh, the first time in a long time, I outscored the Kusblauken boys. So the Aaron Hall trade in worked. Uh, the Dane Zorko one didn't exactly hit, but, you know, he was better than Ben Keys, so can't be too unhappy with that. But I tell you what, there's a Ross Glendinning medalist who saved my bacon this week in the form of Cian Darcy. So round high 147 from Sean Darcy definitely helped the C. How would uh, the Kisplorkan boys travel in round 22, the penultimate fantasy round?
1: Oh, yeah, just uh two, two, six, four, so good that you've got a win um coming in late, Oh, far out on just just average everyone was just average, mm. so that's good and uh
0: <laughs> it's great,
1: yeah, ready to say goodbye to this season, but do you have a you know a big choice to make this week who who's my trades?
0: It's a very good question. Uh, I didn't put this in the rundown text, but I think we're going to try and talk about who we think is going to be the highest scorer of the round. So I've already got a couple of blokes in the chamber. So that gives you a little bit of time to uh, brainstorm. My backline actually excelled last week. I had Sam Dock, 123, 96 from Sinclair, 129 from Dawson, 90 from Tommy Stewart, 113 from Hawley, and one sixteen from Sicily. So I feel like I've finally organized the back line, but there's a couple of underperforming midfielders who are on the chopping block. I mean, Jackie Crisp is technically a backman, but he was in my midfield. So I think he's going to get culled this week. And Mm. I've got a couple of different directions I can go in with my trades. He's obviously one of them. I can downgrade a bench rookie and try and get a Cal Mills, roll the dice with a Steely something like that, have a bit of fun down the year, maybe a Claytos McCulliver. Yeah. Uh, I do miss not having Ro Marshall in my side, though, and I think going up against uh, Sydney in, I think, the last game of the round, I probably want to have Ro Marshall in that side. So Ooh. I don't know exactly where I'm steering. Maybe I'll do a McRae crisp double and I'll try and uh, pocket a big dog and someone in the middle of the field. But what are your early... midweek trade plans rolling into the fantasy finale.
1: Well, look, I really want to get either Claytos or Mills or Laird in Mm. because I want to have some fun. I want to see those blokes in my side.
0: Yeah. However,
1: there is a Jack Crisp, Nick Dacos size problem staring at me from a back line, and I just don't know you know, my midfield's pretty good. There's probably yeah. no one I can really replace in you know, in there for those blokes. So I think it might be time to go Nick Dacos or do I go Chris? I think they're probably the the two and obviously yeah, I think I've still fair. got Jai Cully on the bench so get rid of that wang and uh, yeah. Quick tangent, I know that
0: Uh, I think your midfield has been overall better than mine, which probably helps you make a bit of ground over the last couple of months. And you and I have always said it's pretty obvious statement, but the midfield is where points are scored predominantly. There's going to be good Mm. ruckmen. There's going to be good defenders. You'll have your good mid forwards. No one's a pure forward that's half decent. They're all playing in the midfield. They just happen to have forward status, but you're right. I think if you've nailed your midfield and you got a crispy... Dacos, because there'd be a lot of people who would still have Nick Dacos in their side rolling into the last weekend. I know he scored a 60 on the weekend. He's got Carlton, who are very middle of the road when it comes to points allowed against defenders. But with the Blues season on the line, surely they can't let that bloke get off the chain, push up the ground to his like midfield forward status, kicking a couple snags. So I, I don't hate the idea of giving him the flick. And yeah, Crispy has been dog shit since the buyers. So can you get to anyone of note if you flick out those two? Because I'll be honest, if I'm trading in a backman this week, I think I'm bringing in Bunga Hearn because his form's been elite against Geelong. Let's be honest. The ball's going to be be there. Uh, It would be fun. It would be fun. And most people listening to this would have Jordan Dawson, Sam Doherty, James Sicily, maybe a Tom Stewart, maybe an Aaron Hall. There's no one else that's, or maybe a Gus Brayshaw. Could be one. But there's no one else outside of those half a dozen I listed that are really jumping off the page. If you don't have one of them, you might want to nab one. But, yeah, you could could just roll the dice and have a bit of fun with a
1: uh, Bunga Hearn edition. And yeah, that would be pretty fun. And uh, I I hadn't thought about it until now. I, I mean, I could go to anyone, I'm mm. pretty sure. I could get to Sinclair, haven't had him, could be big against... Uh Sydney might be See, down there See, what worries me with
0: Sinclair is he may be tagged, like Dacos was last week, by Ryan Clark. Mm. Against West mm. Coast, sh- or oh, not West Coast, Hawthorne, sorry. He showed that he was very taggable. Had a bloke run okay. with him and he did you know, he's the bloke that tends to operate on the outside. If there's someone attached to his hip, I don't know. It's It scares mm. me a bit, the Sinclair edition. I will admit. Yeah, it's a good point.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think I probably will get rid of Dacos, but Bugger knows who. Or does Bunger knows Bunger who. knows um, who. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I don't know. I honestly have no idea where I'm going to go with it, but I will uh, just take some time, weigh my options. And uh, the problem is if I go Dacos to Hearn, I've still got a trade to do. Like, and I'm like, oh, I don't know what I'd do with <laughs> that, so... Uh, uh, maybe Whitfield is, is a, is an option. Someone i think about. Don't hate it. Don't know who they're playing. Uh, they're playing Brio. Fuck knows. Yeah. 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 Who knows? It's, uh, uh, you know, Harry (laughs) Himmelberg. Does he come back in? I don't know what's happening. Hey, there'll be a lot of blokes listening to this. Maybe
0: females too, Who are, uh. At the pointy end of the season, you don't have much to play for if you're not in a grand final. I managed to uh, shit the bed in a classic preliminary, a draft preliminary, and a keeper league preliminary. So I don't have a lot to play for this week. So I can relate to those people who are like, do I even bother making my trades this week? But you know what? I feel like you roll the dice. You try and get in a person that you think is just going to go bang against a certain opposition. But you've also got to have a little bit of fun. David Mundy has come in and out of my fantasy side a couple of times this week, just to see if I bring him in what else it lets me do cash-wise. And I still may even roll the dice just because it'll be the last time I can have him in my side. Mm. Uh, As it stands right now, though, I've gone with the Rowan Marshall, Scott Pendlebury double, because I feel like if there's one dude that's going to stand up against Carlton with their top four hopes on the line and Carlton throwing the kitchen sink at them, to Make finals, Pendles will probably have a safe 90. I don't expect him to go 130, but I can't see him scoring anything less than a, it maybe ask him for a bit, but a 90 odd. But I don't yeah. know. I'm also expecting Ro Marshall to go big against the Swans. So I think there's a couple of blokes in my uh sites trade wise who I think are going to be huge this week, uh, starting with. Anyone that doesn't have Tuke Miller. I reckon he's going to score oh, the most okay. fantasy points this year. I reckon he's going to... I, to be honest, you play this back in a month's time. I reckon he's going to get three votes in this game against North and that'll win him the Brownlow medal.
1: Ooh. Yeah. Okay. I Don't reckon hate he's going that. to
0: go off. Uh, Brayshaw probably won't poll against GWS. I feel like they're going to send someone to him and he'll just be very content to go through the motions. I'm trying to think who else okay. is in the Brownlow mix. Cripper. Maybe Clayton missed a bit of time or missed a game. So not a bit of time, but yeah, I feel like this is the Tooke Miller game. This is where he cements himself as a fantasy star. He's just coming off a 133 against Geelong, mind you, who aren't exactly scrubs. So I'm huge on Tooke and I'm huge on Rowan Marshall going up against Sydney. I think Darce Cameron managed to waddle his way to a score in the nineties. Tom Hickey, Apparently, Sydney don't give a shitload up to Ruckman, but I feel like Rowan Marshall is almost more of a midfielder slash winger. He's shown yep. in the last month that he can score really well. So, yeah, I reckon Rowan Marsh, Duke Miller, then maybe throw Callum Mills into the conversation just because he seems to have a pretty high fantasy floor, a big trade targets this week if you don't have any of that trio. What do you reckon? Is there anyone outside those three that... Could be in the conversation for scoring the most points this weekend. Nick Rewalt, a couple of years ago, scored a 200 for fantasy coaches in the grand final. Jeremy Cameron, a couple of years after him, had a massive day out. So you could maybe go down the route of bringing in a gun forward. But yeah, who jumps to mind for you as a big grand final performer for fantasy coaches?
1: Well, I brought the two Essendon boys in because of that. Well, actually more Das Parish because um, of their run. And they've got Richmond to finish off. Richmond have locked their spot in pretty much. So I, I wouldn't mind. I reckon Dust Parish, I think he had one forty against Richmond last time he played him. Um, could be a big scoring one. Don't hate the Carlton boys against Collingwood. True. Um and they're going to be fighting for their spot. So I reckon, I reckon Crippa might just stand up and have a big 40 like he. Was earlier in the year, and then yeah, I guess it's um, maybe Cam Guthrie could go big against West Coast. Don't know if he'll get tagged. Yeah, I don't like I d- that. I don't know if the, he, he probably wouldn't be the bloke that you'd tag anyway if Jacko Nelson's still playing, so he could get Fuck. right off the chain, especially if TK's back in. You know, there's another non tagging midfielder, so maybe Cam Guthrie, yeah.
0: That's a nice one. I like the Cam Guthrie call. Uh, A lot of the fantasy faithful, including the Traders boys, have been throwing their support behind trading in Mitch Duncan. But I don't know. I feel like he's just destined to get you a score in the high 90s. He's going to be on autopilot, much like most of those cats with, you know, finals on their mind. But Cam Guthrie, I don't hate. He's a bloke that could just have a near
1: fantasy triple-double with a couple marks and tackles. So, yeah, that's one I had not considered. What about uh, Big Baz Smith against the Hawks? Ain't no one going to be going with him. Any of the Dogs boys, I guess. It, maybe don't trade out J Mac with that in mind. Maybe. Well, Finn Freaking... McInnes, you'd think would tag someone, eh? Bond? Who do you tag if you're Finn McInnes and Sam Mitchell? Because I, I would feel say like Bond's the most impactful. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I feel like he's almost in that bracket of being untaggable, you know, like maybe they yeah. send him forward to try and shake the tag and Finn goes with him, but I don't know why, but I feel like Bailey Smith is a bloke that if I was coaching Hawthorne, I'd be like, yep, you go to him. You shut down his run and his uh, potential. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like Bailey
1: Smith's a bit more taggable than Bond, but
0: you know, good luck running yep.
1: with either of them. Yeah. Good luck. Another the bloke who might go big, um, this week, Noz Anderson, he can yes. get right off the chain. I think that game is going to be full
0: of fantasy points because Jai Simpkins also someone who I've looked at trading in coming off Rupert Form. Okay. Uh, yeah, you could, I'll be honest, I reckon out of Took, Noz Anderson, Jai Simpkin, Luke Davis Uniak, I reckon at least two of them are probably going 120, maybe higher. Yep. I reckon there's, you know, Bruce Free footy, it's, playing they're dead set playing a dead rubber. I could see uh multiple crew going off in that game. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see. So gun to your head, what uh what trades have you made so far? Or what are you what are you
1: thinking? I'm just I'm just mucking right around at the moment <laughs> at the moment, and this is probably not how it's going to go. And in fact I think I'll go Dacos to Zorko yep and then maybe Tom Mitchell to Clay. Don't hate it, but the, the one I've got right now just up, not executed is Nick Dacos to Brandon Ellis. Oh. <laughs> and just see where I can go. I could go Tom Mitchell to a Noz Anderson or something and just load up on the Suns boys. I don't know. It's uh, Brandon Ellis playing off a wing against North. You never know, and look good know. last week, yeah. 130. So I've <laughs> only one percent of people have him, so bugger knows where I'm going, mate. I've this is this is not helpful at all at this point. Yeah. I think
0: part of the reason I want to trade in Romash or go down the Callum Mills route is because that's the last game of the season. I don't exactly mm. want to, I don't know, vault inside the top 5,000 and be like, all right, I've got one player playing now and then just slowly watch my rank slip. So I think if I trade Crew in, it'll probably be part of the Sunday squad. Cripper also on my mind. I think I agree with Mm. your take. I reckon he's going to, you know, he's the captain, eh? Yep. Yeah. Season on the line. Final spot on the line. Who's going to stand up? It's probably Patrick Cripps, Sam Doherty. A lot of people are uh, penciling in as a captain option as well. After playing in the midfield after their recent string of injuries. So yeah, watch this space. Thursday teams will dictate a bit if Steph Martin's named, Tim English will probably get the chop for me, but if for some reason he's out and English is solo rucking, then I might just do a McRae crisp out, or I might do a rookie downgrade crisp up to Milsey, up to Ro Marsh. If I can move some pieces, it's all about having a bit of fun though. So I may still bring in a Pendles or a Dave Mundy. Watch this space. Have some fun, man. Uh, speaking of fun, do a little bit of basketball chat before we dive into more footy stuff. because. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets doesn't seem like they're having any fun. We're not going to talk much about the Nets. We're going to talk about the Pacific division today, but I just want a quick one on Ben Simmons because we haven't talked a lot about him in recent times. We've talked a lot about Kyrie, talked a lot about Kevin Durant, and just this week it came out that Simo has reached a settlement with the Philadelphia 76ers. So there's uh, no longer, well, there probably is still bad blood, but, There's no longer a lawsuit hanging over either side. The number has not been disclosed. But what do you think we can expect out of Ben Simmons this year? Obviously, Kyrie and Kevin Durant, if they stay on the team or not, will dictate a bit of that. But are we going to see the same bloke that took the league by storm when he arrived in Philly? Rookie of the year, from memory. That sounds right. Yep. But gun player, right? He's 15-8-8 without even really trying, obviously not a lot of those points come from outside the Keyway. but are we going to see Ben Simmons at the peak of his powers? Or do you think with all the shit that's gone on the last 12 months or so, we may have seen the best of Ben Simmons already.
1: I think he's got enough talent to still, we haven't seen his peak. I don't think Mm. what will we see this year though? Man, that's very hard to tell. It, You know, he probably needs the ball in his hands to be as effective as he has been. If Kyrie Irving's there, that's diminished. Happen. I think what you'll, we can expect is first all first team all defense. But, yep. yep. <laughs> I think we'll probably get that from him because, you know, that's something he can really control. And maybe, just maybe, In his two years off, he has a jump shot. Who knows? Who knows, man? Two years is a long bloody time. So it's very hard to tell. I'm really not sure. He's got a great point guard as his coach for now. Mm -hmm. Um, But, mate, it's a throw his shit up in the air and see see what lands on your face. Pretty much sort of scenario.
0: I think. From memory, the Nets hired Kyle Corver as an assistant coach. And I did see some, you know, there's all sorts of videos of him coming out practicing shooting or going through shooting form. But let's be honest, if there's a bloke you want to learn from that's not Chip England, the world renowned shooting coach that's now with the Thunder, Kyle Corver's right up there with successful NBA shooters. So, Maybe you're right. Maybe we'll all see a bit of development from that point. It's just we've seen him be able to shoot shots before. He just hasn't had the confidence to take a lot in-game. So I hope yeah. I hope it stops becoming a bit of a meme every time he takes a three. You know what I mean? Like, just take 100 this year. Hit fucking 10 of them. I don't care. But just don't make it a talking point point. be like, oh, on House of Highlights, Ben Simmons took a three. And then two <laughs> weeks later, it's like, oh. How's the highlights? All caps. Ben Simmons made a three. So, made a three. I hope that we see him at the peak of his powers, but it'll, uh, yeah, obviously be dictated a little bit by what his surrounding cast is. Body oath. Uh, the Pacific Division. Let's Sunny get Pacific. Pacific Division. We're getting specific in the Pacific. Uh, let's start with the reigning champs. Where a better spot okay. to start this conversation? Golden State Warriors. They had a bit of turnover with their role players. I didn't expect any of the core dudes to leave. Jordan Poole, from memory, is nearing restricted free agency, but yet to be extended. And Draymond's murmuring about needing an extension. But right now, Golden State are pretty much running it back. They're going to swap a Mm. couple of pieces in and out. Uh, Dante DiVincenzo and Jermichael Green are in. Fine ins. GP2 out might hurt a smidge. The rest of their outs, I don't think, move the needle a ton, like Bielitsa and Otto Porter. So I guess with the rest of the healthy West, I'm very intrigued to see if Golden State can keep up this year. I had a lot of doubts going into last year, and even in the playoffs, to be honest. I thought Dallas might have taken care of them in the West Finals. I thought they might have got challenged by a couple of teams along the way, but credit to them, they proved me wrong. Do you reckon we're going to see Golden State still in contention and right in the mix, or are they kind of, I guess like Denver last year, kind of making up the numbers, but they're not really
1: in true contention? This is the reigning champions we're talking about. Yep. We're talking about the same Golden State worries. Yep. The one with the best shooter of all time, the best defender of our generation. Maybe or the best generation. coach in the league and... too. Yeah. Um, absolutely they're going to be in contention. I think, yeah, I think losing Gary Payton hurts. I think losing Otto Porter hurts, but getting Jermichael Green in is a solid move for them at a position of need. Yep. I think losing Porter and or losing Otto Porter sort of helps open a bit more space for Jordan Poole. They can pretty much just say, Jordan, you're... You're doing it all for 35 minutes. You're re- we're resting Curry. We're resting Clay. They've got another. Well, they're gonna have a slightly more mature Jonathan Kaminga. Yep, good call. I don't mind the Divincenzo ad. In fact, probably underrated, in all honesty. And they're gonna get a number two draft pack pick back into their roster. Mm. I think they're going to, they should be the favourites right now to go back to back, if you ask me.
0: Really? Ask me. Like in the league or just the West? In the league. Okay.
1: Yeah. I mean, I who's can... beating them? Who's beating them? Bucks. Maybe. Celts. Mm, didn't do it last time. Lugs. Maybe. Prob- yeah. You know, you wouldn't say they're above them right now.
0: Yeah. Look, I mean, I buried the lead with the Kaminga and Wiseman growth and Moses Moody as well, who doesn't get talked about a lot, but yeah, he, he kind of reminds me as a bit of a Mike Miller, Malik Monk type player. Like come off the bench. Oh, it's, you know, early in the third quarter, he's got seven threes. And if he plays mm. enough, he could do it in a game that matters. So I think even though, like I said, they lost a couple of pieces from their depth chart, still do bat pretty deep. And James Wiseman's a big one. Like if he, not even if he lives up to the hype of being their number two overall pick, but if he plays and contributes, that's a huge addition for them because they relied on Draymond so much in the playoffs and his lack of offensive points per game output was really glaring and a lot of people talked about how he had more turnovers than assists or whatever, but You know, if you can plonk a seven-footer into the middle who's doing his thing and Draymond can defend some fours and not have to defend your Jokic's, your Giannis's, Embiid, whatever. There's no reason why they shouldn't repeat. And, yeah, maybe I'll stop doubting them if they do go back
1: to back. Jeez. Asking a lot from them. I tell you what, I, I wouldn't expect too much from Wiseman early on, and I probably wouldn't expect him to be starting By the playoffs. I still think Looney will start. I think, I think Wiseman will come off the bench, but boy, you know, potentially what a, what an important bench player could be the best bench center in the league. Mm. That's not nothing. So they're, they're definitely the favorites in my eyes. Yeah. Looney, he probably earned his stripes.
0: Last year, got paid in the off season too. So we, we expect a lot from Golden State and they'll probably live up to the hype. Uh, One team we do not expect a lot from is the Sacramento Kings. 30 and 52 last year. I honestly find them as one of the most intriguing squads going into this year. Like, are they going to just replicate their past failures and miss the playoffs again? Are they finally going to take a leap with a full season from De'Aaron Fox and DeMonta Sabonis. Keegan Murray, the bloke that they drafted fourth overall, I did quite brush over it when they drafted him and I didn't know a shitload about him. He's a 6'8 dude, but here are his summer league stats, just for reference. He had 23 points, seven rebounds, a couple of assists and a steal, shooting 50-40-80 splits. So, you know, it is summer league, so you've got to take it with a grain of salt, but if he kind of becomes a better version of Harrison Barnes and can coexist with DeMontis Sabonis. And they get contributions from the other dudes they got. They added Malik Monk. They out- traded for Kevin Huerta. And uh, they signed the greatest hustle man in NBA history and Matthew Della Vidova. Let's not brush over that. So do we expect the Kings to be in playoff contention? Or are they just, once again, making up the numbers in the West?
1: Let's let's listen to the king's starting lineup. Point guard, De'Aaron Fox. Shooting guard, probably Kevin Huerta. Yeah, or Davion Mitchell. Let's go Huerta. Small forward, Harrison Barnes. Power forward, Keegan Murray, and then center, DeMantis Sabonis. That's a bloody good. That's not like a an elite starting lineup. That's a good, good. Good it's good. It's a good spot. Better than they've runner. had in the past. And then they're gonna have I mean Keegan Murray's probably the the real wild card there, but then they're gonna have Rashawn Holmes coming off the bench. Great big underrated. Man. Very underrated. They'll have one of the better def- wing defenders in the league in Davion. And then they've got some junk, you know, Trey Lyles and Matty Dell, and but that's still a it's a pretty good team. It's not bad. It's, I don't know what to expect from I don't think, <laughs> you know, they're probably playing, but it's a pretty good team. So, you know, I'm excited to watch the Kings this year, I'll be honest. I'm excited to see what they do. I think they might, might do a little something-something. That's what I think.
0: I think I agree. I mean, mm. are they going to be a top six team in the West? Well, Two of the teams we've still got on the slate, I think are going to be in that bracket. Golden State are going to be in that bracket. The Nuggets, uh, I don't know. I'm blanking at other teams, but I don't think that they're going to push for a locked-in playoff spot. But you're right. They well and truly could be in the play-in mix hosting home court games and be a 7-8 seed. This might be the old oh, Minnesota. Obviously, they're going to be right up there. So, mm. Maybe this is the year we finally see the Kings break five hundred and make a bit of noise. You're right, there is quite a bit of junk after you go through the first six or so. But oh, maybe, Malik Monk. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's no uh he's not just there making up the numbers. And like you said, Trey Lyles, he's he's basketballed before. So Davion be Mitchell, early. if he takes a little bit of a step in his sophomore season, there's there's pieces there that I like which is something that I haven't been able to say from a Kings standpoint before. So yeah, I'm high on them. How high Mm. there is a ceiling. Uh, The ceiling is not the roof as Michael Jordan would say, but yeah, I do like what Sacramento's got rolling into next season. And I, Mm. I love what the LA Clippers have got rolling into this year. Mm. I reckon they're going to reach the West finals, the LA Clippers. I've been trying to manifest this John Wall addition to LA, for the better part of a year there was no easy way to make a trade work but getting a buyout or a trade, or i can't remember exactly how he landed with the clips but i feel like he is exactly what they needed they got reggie jackson as their other point guard so it you know one of them has to start one of them will come off the bench i don't really think it matters i think both of them are going to be good uh they traded for norman Powell last year as well which was kind of swept under the rug but you know, he's proven that he can be a great fourth, fifth scoring option, especially on the nights where Kawhi's resting and Paul George is out. The lack of capable bigs does alarm me a bit, but they could play Roko at center and go small. Zubach is fine coming up against, like I've said, some of those other big dogs like Jokic, like Gobert, if they clash with them, you know, Golden State doesn't exactly have an imposing big man. So there might still be enough there on their roster to make it work, but. They've got Marcus Morris, a healthy Paul George and Kawhi Leonard is obviously going to see them win around the 50-game mark. And similar to a couple of teams, their success won't be judged by what they do in the regular season, take it or leave it, as long as they finish in the top six. I don't really think it matters. But Kawhi's proven he can coast through the regular season and still deliver a championship. And I think with him healthy, steering the ship, and Paul George as his Robin to Batman, this Clippers team is going to be fucking unreal.
1: Uh, I tend to agree. I think first thing I would say about them is they're probably the deepest team in the league. Second thing I'll say is I love Brandon Boston Jr. Believe that's his name, Brandon. Yep. Um, Think he's a real player. Like what Terrence Mann does. I think, Yeah, you're right. The bigs is a problem, but Marcus Morris can play big. And boy, yeah, they've got a lot of depth, even if the John Wall thing doesn't come off. Although, let's be honest, last time he played basketball in the NBA, he averaged like 20 points. He Mm, wasn't bad. Exactly. So I think they will make some noise. Uh, I think cohesiveness and sort of um, team chemistry, not that... Chemistry, like locker room chemistry, but like actual playing together on the court, chemistry is probably their biggest—the thing that might chain them down to the floor. Right. Yep. So, yeah, Tyloo's a great coach. He's there, isn't he? Tyloo. Yeah, that's what I was going to yep. say. They've got one of, I think, the top five coaches in the league as well. In Tyloo. Yeah. Yeah, they're gonna make some noise. It's all—it's all health. Who knows with those boys, Paul George hasn't had a season where he stayed healthy for a long time. And, you know, True. depends how you look at health, but he missed like fucking two months with an elbow. <laughs> what the hell is that? You know, Paul George, fantasy fucking season ruiner. I was just going to say, knows don't
0: draft him in your fantasy team.
1: No, no, never. Who knows what's happening with Kawhi, but if it all goes well, You're right. I could see them in the West Finals. I wouldn't pick them at the moment, but I could, I can see where you're coming from. Mm. So, yeah, really like them. I've got a lot of confidence
0: that, regardless, as long as they're healthy by the time the playoffs roll around, regardless of what their record is, that they'll be right in the mix in the playoffs. I don't know if the co tenants of Staples, sorry, crypto.com arena, are in the playoffs. I mean, they missed it last year. They went thirty-three and forty-nine. The Los Angeles Lakers did, which is just yucky to say out loud. Mm. Uh, does Russ stay? If they had their wish, probably not. But it doesn't seem like anyone's lining up to trade for him. Uh, yeah. Useless sports by a Fry stat time since Anthony Davis has joined the Los Angeles Lakers. He's missed 40% of his games. I rounded that up. It's technically like 38%, but over a three-year season sample size, dude hasn't proven that he can play. If he does play, I think he could almost be in the MVP discussion, which was talked about last year. That's a big if though. I mean, he's played 60, 40, sorry, 60, 36 and 40 games in the last three seasons. So durability is not one of his strong suits and you can't expect LeBron to shoulder the entire load at 487. So there's, there's alarm bells that probably should be ringing for the Lakers. I mean, they went out there and they made some moves. They did what they had to do, given their position. They signed Juan Toscano Anderson, Lonnie Walker, who I was high on at the Spurs, but you know, he's not going to, win you a championship off his own back. And obviously the Russ Westbrook trade just looks worse and worse by the day. So who finishes higher? The Kings or the Lakers? Oh, LeBron. Probably. Yeah. I had a question had to be asked.
1: Probably. Probably LeBron. Uh, it's a good question though. Um look, there might be enough stuff Around those three to do something. Oh. But it's gonna be right. Well, let's just put it out there. If LeBron wins a chip with this team, best chip <laughs> he's ever won, that'd be fucking unreal. So I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't I think Russ has been a little bit disrespected. He wasn't great last year. True. But he's a he's a f- former MVP. Let's not forget that. One of the top seventy-five players of all time, Mr. Triple Double. He could come back with a year under his belt with the Lakers and LeBron and understanding what the fuck's going on. And maybe, just maybe, put push them over the edge. If they all average twenty to twenty twenty to thirty points, that's hard to stop. It's probably the best big three in the mm, mm, it's up league.
0: There. It's certainly up there. Yep.
1: If they all play to their
0: capabilities, like if
1: Russ is Mr. Triple
0: Double, if Anthony Davis mm. is healthy and the probably second best player of all time is doing his thing, then can't really fault their top three. It's the rest of the roster that concerns me. You know, they don't have a shitload in their depth chart. And obviously the blokes they brought in kind of, you know, take it or leave it with the blokes that they lost. They're expecting things from Kendrick Nunn, who, you know, is a player. He's not going to make an all-star he's team. Warm body. So he's a warm
1: body. He is a warm body. Let's. Um. But remember, LeBron took Delonte West to the NBA Finals. <laughs> so crazier things have happened. He's still he's still got two other top seventy-five players of all time. Yeah, with him. So let's not rule it out. As long don't as don't think it's going to happen.
0: Let's not rule it out. <laughs> as long as Talon Horton Tucker takes the leap to become franchise player, which all Lakers fans expect him to, they'll be all right. Mm. But it's a good name. <laughs> That's about all. That's about all. Let's finish the uh, Pacific Division chat. I think I know where you stand with this final fifth squad. So I'm going to let you uh, steer the ship early. But they went 64 and 18 last year. So, you know, you can't overlook the Phoenix Suns. I still think that they're in championship contention. Uh, they re-signed DeAndre Ayton, obviously. They had to. Their hand was forced because they butchered a fucking trade with him. So they've still got him, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, a couple of other core pieces. Again, similar to a lot of the teams in contention. They made small moves around the perimeters. But what what do you reckon? Give me your Phoenix
1: thoughts. Oh, look, they'll be there. They'll be there. They'll be in the league. So I yeah, think it I comes think. down to, can Chris Paul survive a season of basketball? Mm-hmm. He's yet in his 17 years to show that he can last long enough to get all the way. And I worry about that. Um, Hate the Suns. Like. Literally my least favourite team in the league. Just quick tangent.
0: Outside of the Nuggets, are there any other teams you like? Because <laughs> 'Cause there'd be a lot yeah, of sportsby like the- fans here in this being like, he hates the T Wolves, he hates the Suns, he hates
1: I don't know, Kevin Grant. and Edwards has made me like the Wolves. Oh, okay. I, I don't I just hate Kat. I just hate Kat. Fair, fair. He's a loser. But yeah, I don't like him, so <clears throat> but um, no, there's plenty of teams I like. I, I I'm a i am okay the Indiana Pacers, all right? Well, fuck off. <laughs> no, I don't mind the Kings. I quite, re- I quite enjoy the Warriors these days, even. So get off my ass, man.
0: <laughs> all right, finish your Phoenix <laughs> thoughts.
1: <laughs> I actually think they're going to do pretty well still. Um, D-Book is a bloody good player. He's an absolute minge dog, but he's a good player. I really genuinely like DeAndre Ayton. Like, um, yeah, so do I. If you had to ask me what I give him out out of ten, you know, Michael Porter Jr., Jokic, they'd be (laughs) tens. Gary Harris, he'd be a nine. And I think DeAndre Ayton, he might be an eight point five nine. He's a bloody, he's a he's a cool dude. He's a really cool guy. Like, he you know comes up against Jokic and he's just like. He actually sings his praises. He must be the only bloke in the world who sings Jokic's praises outside of the Nuggets organization. I was say it's him and you. Yeah, so I really like him. Uh, Mikhail Bridges is a bloody good player, and I think he'll keep taking leaps. Um, Cam Johnson, unreal shooter. Oh, I gotta love you know, love my boy Torrey Craig. You know. Oh yeah, I forget his. Aussie dad. favorite, Adelaide boy. You know. Yeah, so no. I think they'll do alright. Um backup center questionable. Uh, is Bismack Biyombo going to get it done? I feel like their sick uh, sorry there 8 9 10 is shaky. Plus I think obviously Chris Paul is a worry. Um he's literally never made it to an NBA finals and it's not because he's not good enough, it's because his or his teams haven't been good enough. They mean Bloody good teams he's been on sometimes, but his body just can't get him there. Um, but if come next July, is that when the finals are ballpark? June, July, healthy, yeah. June, July, give it, give it May to get, get them through the final uh playoffs. Mm. I think they could very seriously be there. And if you put a gun to my head and said, Oh, who's going to be in the West finals? I would say Warriors, Suns. Um, and that's me being objective. So, yeah, yeah, that's a lot. They're bloody, love. they're bloody good. I bloody hate them. I hate their fans. I hate Devin Booker. Really dislike Chris Paul on the court, but they're a very good basketball side. A lot more love than I expected. Well done, mate. They must have. They must have taken a
0: lot. Uh, I will admit, I'm shaking.
1: I'm shaking right now.
0: I will admit. It's only recently that I feel like CP3 has failed injury wise, but it always seems to happen when it matters. Most doing for it his fr- for the clippers he's he's
1: getting injured at the clippers, mate
0: yeah, but a couple of times he went on runs with them. but what well, the Clip, that was five years ago, so let, okay, let me preface it by saying in the the back third of his career like no one was talking about him missing games in the first half of his Clippers career, and every now like last year. Uh, not last year, sorry. Last team he was on with the Thunder. they. Oh no, they lost in the first round. Never mind. Ignore me. Uh, <laughs> but he's okay. He's okay. But you're right. Their championship hopes do hinge a lot on his availability and the fact of whether, again, regardless of what they achieve in the regular season, you don't have to win 64 games and have home court. You got pushed by the team that won a fucking play-in game on your home court. So I don't mm. think like finishing with a top two seed is as dramatic as a lot of people think it is. I think having your team healthy and peaking at the right time of the year, much like the Celtics did last year when they Mm. hit their straps, that's what really matters. So Chris Paul was rolling into the playoffs. Was it his thumb that he fucked up last year? Let's say for argument's sake it was. I mean, he played in the All-Star game a day after the story came out that it was busted, and then he missed four weeks, played 10 games and rolled into the playoffs, kind of underdone, and then didn't look great, and then Devin Booker got hurt. So, yeah, I think for Phoenix, it primarily revolves around the health of Chris Paul. Obviously, DeAndre Ayton is going to do his thing, and maybe without Chris Paul in some lineups, he and Booker can form a pretty unique one-two punch because DeAndre Ayton was like a bucket getter at Arizona in college as well, which we tend to gloss over. He hasn't really had his moments in the first four years of his career, but I could see him being a 2010 guy, maybe not average wise, but in his prime. So I I think from a Phoenix standpoint, re-signing him and keeping him on the roster was smart. Like you said, Bismack may leave a bit to be desired at backup center, but you know, the center position is a bit, Redundant these days, anyway. You can get a DeAndre Jordan to play backup center if you've got someone that's going to shoulder a lot of the workload. So, Will well, be cousins
1: still out there. Is he
0: really still looking for a job? Shout out to Boog because I used to love that bloke at Sacramento when he was before he got traded to the Pels and performed the uh, well, was part of the one two punch with Anthony Davis, uh, mm. and then did his Achilles, but yeah. I think regardless of what they do in the regular season, their season will be defined by their playoff results. And this might be it. This might be the last year that they can genuinely contend for a chip. Campaigns, their backup point guard. If Chris Paul goes down, I don't trust that bloke to fucking steer the ship. Landry Schammer is around as well, you know. Doesn't instill me with a lot of confidence. So I want to see... The Suns win a chip mainly for Chris Paul. I don't really want Devin Booker to get one, uh, but that'll be a consolation, you know, to Chris Paul winning a, a championship. So, this is it. He's 37, he'll probably be 38 by the time the next season ends. So, I can't see him sticking around for much longer.
1: They've also just got to get through some absolute beasts mm. in the West. There's Steph Curry, there's Nikola Jokic, there's Luka Doncic. Is there maybe healthy Kawhi Leonard? Yeah. It's, I just don't think they've got the, the cavalry to stop those guys as Mm. good as I think. I think Deandre Ayton does as good of a job against Jokic as anyone, but they just don't have the, like Luca ripped them. Absolutely ripped them, you know? So I don't, I don't think they've got enough. I, I still would pick them, you know, just off the top of my head to be in the West finals. But I don't think they could get it done. I think last year was their chance and they blew it. Yeah. Sad. Like I said, I want to see CP3
0: win a ring, but it's not sad. It's not fucking sad at all. <laughs> Fuck them. Hey, would it be a Sports by I podcast with J-Lo if there wasn't at least one? Fuck them. Uh, Fuck them. All right. That's the Pacific division. We'll be back. I think we might even go central next week. Talk about uh, our second favorite team in the podcast, the Cleveland Cavaliers, and uh, the best team in the East. I think in the Milwaukee Bucks,
1: but it's a good division. It's a likable division. division. Yeah, there's a very likable division. There's
0: a lot going on. Uh, Very likable. We do have some other footy bits and pieces I want to get through, but I promised we'd talk a little bit more NFL. And the NFL preseason week two is about to get underway. Don't worry. I don't need you to do a lot of the talking. I'm just going to uh, divert your attention towards a Sports by Fry article that I wrote earlier in the week. So, as you have found, uh, what, do you, what do you reckon of NFL fantasy? Do you reckon it's a good substitute when the AFL season ends? Do you enjoy it?
1: It's um, it's like Formula One. Very easy to follow. Hmm. And um, my first year won the championship. My yeah. third year won the championship. So you don't need to know a lot about it to just look at a couple of numbers and go, oh, yeah, that'll do. So, yeah, yeah I, I fucking enjoy it. I encourage all
0: the sportsby listeners, especially the AFL fantasy enthusiasts, to get amongst it. But I won't chew up a lot of your time. Uh, the article I wrote was basically a 101 guide how you can have a successful team this year. I think you can really wait on quarterbacks this year. Traditionally, people will get drawn in by your Josh Allen, your Paddy Mahomes, Lamar Jackson's maybe the one bloke who I'd make an exception for. I think he's going to bounce back towards MVP contention. But Kyla can, you remember who, can you remember who your uh, quarterback was last year?
1: Kyler? No, I wish it was Kyler. Um, can't remember. I think it changed a bit, to be yeah, honest. Okay. See, I took Jalen Hurts at like the 12th
0: best quarterback. And from memory, he was the second best scorer. So there's a lot of depth at the position. I think Derek Carr is on average the 12th quarterback in ADP. And he, with Devontae Adams by his side, could be in for a big bump. Uh, There's a couple of other blokes that I like. I think Saquon Barkley's in for a bounce back year. Uh, I think that Travis Kelsey, now that Tyreek Hill's gone, Could just be like a wide receiver in your tight end slot. So you might want to try and Mm. draft him. Uh, And I'm big on the Vikings. I'm big on Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook. Because have you had Kirk Cousins as a quarterback at times?
1: No, I've had Dalvin Cook though, mate. Oh, but you had him when he he was popping or when he was injured? Popping. Won me a chip.
0: Yeah. So I think he's had a couple of injury issues in the past. I think he's in for a big year. Both those blokes are roughly going in the first round. So you could maybe snaffle one of them. Uh, Mike Evans as well. The last possible year of Tom Brady. I think you could probably snag him a bit late. Uh, and you have to, I think, the most important thing in NFL fantasy is to take a defense and a kicker with your last two picks. A lot of people get sucked in and drawn in by drafting them a bit earlier. But uh, the things I put in the podcast last year, the Pittsburgh in the article, sorry. The Pittsburgh defense was the first drafted defense in special teams. Finished the year as the 20th best fantasy unit. And the bloke who was... I think that was the, me. Yeah. It might have been. And the bloke who was the 14th drafted kicker. So, like, 13 blokes were selected ahead of him. Finished number one in points in Dan Carson from the Raiders. So, be patient and wait on them. But I reckon we'll fire up a couple of draft leagues... Maybe include a couple of the sports, be faithful. And uh, maybe, just maybe, you can win another championship.
1: I do have some thoughts on the defense and kicker stuff. Go on. And also on your quarterback. I reckon it's important to get a quarterback who you know is going to hit the ground running. Agreed. And literally run the ball. Um, like I was, I think Kyler Murray in my second championship won me it. Even he was a rookie. Because he hit the, he was running a Mm. lot. And so I would say that's something to think about. I don't mind the idea of picking a defense with your third or fourth last pick. um, Sure. Because I do find when it comes down to those last picks, your last running back and your last wide receiver that you're picking, if you've gone in that order and you're not trying to snag like a tight end really late or a QB really late then they're pretty junky anyway. So I don't mind the idea of going a few spots higher on a defense and a kicker, probably not the kicker so much, but the defense, if it means you potentially could get the best defense. You never know. Like I'm, I'm sure that was me who picked Pittsburgh last year and it didn't pay off. Oh, no, I didn't pick Pittsburgh. I think I picked the Rams, but, um, but I don't mind the idea because you're probably just picking genuine roster fillers anyway at that point. And you know that those those guys you pick down there, you're probably gonna end up switching out after week one for a uh, someone who scored well unexpectedly. So I don't mind the idea of that. And obviously, yeah, look for for foot first season or rookie QBs who might actually hit the deck. So
0: Yeah, I don't hate it. Uh Kyler Murray is currently the sixth highest quarterback. Coming off the board. This is all ESPN draft numbers for the record, but you know, you could throw a dart at him. Jalen Hurts is a in a similar range, late sixties. They're going off the board. Uh, Russell Wilson is currently the eleventh highest quarterback drafted, and I think he's going to have a massive year with the Broncos. So, oh yeah, there is there is value to be had in that range. But yeah, don't get sucked into drafting Josh Allen or Justin Rogers. Herbert. In yeah. the thirties. Yeah, Rogers as well. I think he's probably between the Kyler and Russ bracket. But I mean the Blacks won back to back MVPs, so not what I know. But yeah. We will uh definitely be churning out more fantasy NFL content. Uh do we wanna talk now that we're going to actual AFL footy, do we want to talk about Alastair Clarkson and the Dons and the Kangaroos? Don't give a shit. See, I think Essendon's fucked. Clarko's probably still going to North and Ben Rutten may still lose his job, but it probably won't be for Alistair Clarkson. If they can't get Clarkson, maybe he'll keep it. But I feel like there's a lot else that needs fixing at Essendon.
1: Yeah, he's definitely, he's not the coach for them. That's for sure. Mm. Who is the coach for them? Bugger I would, uh, with Darce Parish still being so young, I would probably pick someone, a coach that can grow with them. That would be all I would say. Um, yeah. Uh, there's not a lot going on at the yeah. Dons. Agreed. Uh,
0: Adam Uze may or may not get the GWS gig. If he doesn't, huh. Adam Kingsley's another bloke who's uh, in the mix. I think he's a Richmond assistant right now. Um, firmly for a promotion. If you can't get Alistair Clarkson, maybe promoting one of them at Essendon is the answer, but. Yeah, like like I said, I don't think there is any short-term solution
1: for the Dons. Grab Dean Cox. Oh, that'd be nice. Nah, he's coming back to West Coast, mate. Oh, that'd, that'd be even nicer. That'd be great. Okay.
0: Before we dive into the second last segment of the pod, round 23 is here. We know who's going to win the minor premiership. We don't know who's going to make the finals. Do Carlton beat Collingwood on Sunday? And secure their first final spot in six, maybe seven years. In a while, the Pies get the win and so up a top four spot.
1: Oh boy, that's a good question. It is. I'll I'll take Carlton. I'll take Carlton. I don't think the and look this. Yeah, we might be coming back next week and going, yeah, right, Jailer, you were miles off, but I don't know if Carlton have. Sorry, I don't know if Collingwood have the defence to hold back the Carlton forwards.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think they mightn't have the forwards. Oh, they've got an interesting forward line, but let's say I, I, they, I don't think they have the forwards to go with the Carlton backs. To be honest, I think Carlton's a better outfit. Uh, <laughs> like if you if you look across the ground, too. yeah. If you look across the ground, so I'll back Carlton in. I'll back Paddy Cripps, easily one of the best players in the league, to get it done for his team, lock him into the finals, and yeah, that's that's who I'll go with. I think strangely, even though they lost to
0: the D's in like pretty heartbreaking Ooh, fashion, yeah, they may take a little bit of confidence out of it because they were like we contended with the reigning premiers and yeah, the main issue with Collingwood that was stark and obvious against Sydney last week is who's kicking their goals like, mm. unless Brody Majacek or Jamie Elliott combined for half a dozen like name another Collingwood
1: forward right you got Will uh, Hoskin Elliott
0: maybe on a flank
1: <laughs> that bloke I hate Henry
0: he's not playing mate he hasn't played since round 18 Oh, well, I hate him. Yeah. So, good. (laughs) So, you know, like, unless Nick Dacos is bobbing up for a couple, they need their midfielders to kick goals. And I feel like Carlton's Mm. midfield with Cripper and Walsh steering the ship. Granted, Chera coming in, or if he doesn't come in, I may change my tip a little bit. But, yeah, I agree with you. I think there's very similar between the two. I don't know if there's one of them that I have more confidence in. But going into this game... I think Carlton get the job done, which is a bit anticlimactic, given the fact that they're like, oh, the Dogs and St. Kilda win, and then all of a sudden Carlton have to win to keep their spot. But I think they've shown over the course of this entire season that they deserve a spot in the eight. And even though we would like to see some Blues fans suffer, it's probably not going to happen.
1: Yeah, now get in there, Patty Cripps and the Blues. It'd be good for footy. It'd be good for footy,
0: wouldn't it? It'd make for an interesting... Uh, elimination final if Fremantle was hosting Richmond or Carlton, I mean, I'd much rather play Carlton personally, but
1: geez, either way. You know what I'd pretty. love to see? I'd love to see next year a, a finals, and it's it's a pipe dream, but I would love to see Collingwood, Carlton, Richmond, West Coast. Uh, who's that other team? Essendon. All the imagine if all the big teams the were in there for one. Yeah. Oh, wouldn't that be Holophon?
0: great? Would you put them in there?
1: Yeah. Sorry. The Hawks. Yep. Yeah. yeah. That would be so much fun, man. Just all the like most despisable footy teams in there. Just yeah. We'll enjoy
0: just... the Dockers will enjoy just sitting in 11th or 12th then. Cause I reckon that's where they
1: rank amongst the uh, AFL popularity, but
0: that's okay. We know we place in the pick
1: You boys might be up there in um, membership numbers. We're getting there. We're getting there. I hope. Yeah. I hope we can West make a Aussie run. West Aussie teams do well.
0: Yeah, you're right. The, the West Aussie people are faithful footy enthusiasts. So I hope we make a deep run for David. Clearly, we've talked about him and JK of the West Coast variety. We even shone some light on JK from a Sydney variety. But I want to talk a couple of retirees. Very briefly, we saw that Devin Smith has announced his retirement. Uh, pretty uh-huh. banged up. You know, he's the same age as you.
1: Yeah, I know. That freaked me out, man. Almost to the day. I'm an old man, mate. Yeah. And I'm older than you, so how do you think that makes me feel?
0: Yeah, you're an old man. Uh, Did you also know he won a BNF in his first year at Essendon in a landslide?
1: Yeah, I remember he was just tackling out the arse, mate. He went off. Yeah. And never got back there. Probably (laughs) because he was tackling so much. Hurt himself. Passed himself. Uh, Matty DeBoer is known
0: a bit for his tackling. Elite tagger, 211 games he's played. He's about to announce his retirement as well. Do you reckon he'll be remembered more as a docker or a giant?
1: Probably a giant. Mm. Probably.
0: He played yeah. in both grand finals, for what it's
1: worth. I'll spoke. always remember him from outside Clubber. Oh, yeah. Club Bayview in in Perth. For all the West Aussies listening, boy, we had a good night with Mat- Matty DeBoer that night. Anyway. Uh, You'd
0: almost want to get on the source with Ben McAvoy as well, who was more of a meme than he was a footballer. Big boy. uh, Big boy. Plays his 250 second and final game this weekend. Uh, I kind of forget that he played in Hawthorne's back two premierships as well. Like he made the switch right after they beat Frio in 2013. Yeah, I'm not... Yeah, that sounds about right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, escaped my mind. Uh, Shane Edwards, obviously one of the greatest indigenous players ever i don't think it's yeah it's you know unfathomable to say 300 plus games three flags all australian in 2018 no scrub that's really? for sure yeah yeah all right he's good and for a long period of time was just like a, oh yeah he's he's a tiger he's he's one of those players when they were just mm. shit kickers yeah annually but yeah i'm glad to see that he got some recognition towards the back half of his year. Only the fifth bloke to play 300 games for Richmond, which kind of surprised me, but, you know, there's only, what, 25 of them probably in the history of the game that have played 300 games. It's not a lot. Uh, Sorry, it is a lot. So Uh, the one that probably prompted a lot of this retiree talk, though, was uh, Robbie Gray, Port Adelaide. So I fished out another useless sports by Freistap. This one kind of comes promoted from the bloke on Twitter who makes his living with useless sports by Fry Stats, the swamp thing. But 10 times in his career in the fourth quarter, Robbie Gray kicked a goal to give Port Adelaide the lead and they won nine of those games. So there's a couple of times he also kicked a point to give them the lead and they went on to win both Mm -hmm. of them. But goal after the siren against Carlton in the COVID year, the goal that Paddy Ryder hit that back tap to him, In 2018, maybe that's probably my like most memorable Robbie Gray, uh, memory, but yeah, he was a fantastic footballer. Uh, and that kind of leads right into the Mount Rushmore for today. Cause I, I thought after this Robbie Gray retirement, there's a lot of buzz about whether he's Port Adelaide's greatest player. Ever in the AFL era, you know, there's a lot of sandful years where mm. there's been a lot of superstars for the port here. But got me tanking of which port player was the greatest of all time. So I thought that's a pretty good Mount Rushmore topic. I did tease the idea of doing the best Western Derbies ever, but I don't know mm. if we've had eight great Western Derbies. I mean, whoever gets the number no. one pick takes the demolition derby and the rest of the draft is kind of
1: irrelevant. So I regret to inform you, uh, you have the number well, one. there's there the Nata Nui after the siren, siren goal. That was a pretty good one. Which one? Oh no, sorry. Maybe I'm thinking he touched it on the line. Valentine kicked it. Valentine, yeah, yeah, that would be
0: number. Yeah, two. sorry, I agree. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, carry on. I was like, I remember Nata Nui kicking a goal after the siren against the Ruse, but did
1: I? Just, no, you're right. My I bad. Blackout. Uh no, he touched on the line. Yep,
0: that was good, Derby but I regret to inform you that you are the proud owner of the number one draft pick because the Kobe Bryant most iconic moments draft ended in me beating you by three votes over 200 total votes, but it was fucking tight. You won the Insta poll. Uh, I won the Twitter poll (laughs) and it was right. Twitter got me last week. It's all good. So, so yeah, you get picked number one. So I guess you get to answer the question. Is Robbie Gray the greatest Port Adelaide player ever and again he's, he's not AFL error
1: he's not. Uh, let's just start right there. he's not I agree. the greatest Port Adelaide player oh, this is hard this, you know there's a couple of options here. this isn't a, this isn't black and white. this is this was a hard one to this was a hard list to compile I agree at the top yeah. there's, there's almost sort of two halves the top four, and then the sort of the next four, they're hard. But number one pick, he's a games record holder. He's probably their best captain. He's just, he's, and he's bionic. He's still going. He might play for another four years the way he goes. Yeah, I'm going to take my Travis Brady Boak. Yet. Yeah, I think Travis Boak's their their best player. Um, Continues to get it done and... You know, it's never really been a sort of a Brownlow chance or I don't even know how many all Oz's he's got, if any. But I think for his longevity, the way he led them, uh, I'll take Bokey. Um, also, Blokey got shit mixed by uh, Bo Waters, if I'm not mistaken. So, mm. Travis Boke, welcome to the club, mate. <clears throat> Jewel BNF winner. Three-time
0: yep. all Oz, Three-time oh, Showdown medal winner. Uh, First in games. And captain of the club for six years. So, yeah, I uh, uh, trust me. I I dug through the numbers today for this uh, Port Adelaide me. draft. He was fourth on my list. Wow. I mean, great, great player, unequivocal star of Port Adelaide. But I think the best player in Port Adelaide history is a four time BNF, four time All Australian, also not named Robbie Gray. A lot of people believe that this bloke should have won the Brownlow the year they won the flag. In fact, Chris Judd said that in his Brownlow speech. He said, I thought Warren Shredray would win this year's Brownlow. Uh, yes. Fifth in games played, eight times leading goal kicker. Part of their inaugural squad as well, which I think is worth mentioning. Uh, yep. Played 280 games-ish. So I think. I think Treaders, or 255, sorry, I'm mistaken, but I think Treaders goes down for me as the greatest Port Adelaide player ever. Travis Boak may go on to play 350 plus games, but the 255 that Treadray played, I don't think, I think there's almost daylight between him and the rest of the field. There's not, but I think he was that good. So I'm taking yep. Treadray with my first pick.
1: Fair enough. He was He was bloody good. Um, I had him actually had him at fifth just cause something I didn't like about the bloke. So, um, like yeah, so I've got one, I'm going to pick my number two. This is pretty easy. Absolute pest, absolute, um, you know, unit in the, in the negative sense of the word off the field, still one of the worst sort of most controversial, but pretty funny commentatory kind of, Media people. media people i'm going to take kane corns i think he's second for games played oh, i had the things up oh i still do um was one of the one of the better lockdown players um yeah i'll take kane with number 2
0: don't hate it i agree with you i think he's not underrated as a lockdown player but might be underrated as a outside his lockdown capabilities yeah did you know, because like I said, I dug through the numbers, Kane Corns had 37 in the 07 loss to Geelong in the grand final, 37 touches. It's bloody good. You know, nothing to be sneezed at. Uh, <clears throat> he also kept Simon Black to 15 in their 2004 win. So, again, just two great examples of how he was an elite tagger, but also... Underrated from a like midfield standpoint, right? One of only two blokes yeah. to win, play 300 games for the pair. So he was, uh, he was third on my board. So okay. it's fitting that he goes at pick three. Can't let him slide anymore. I will now take Robbie Gray. Uh, okay. You know, five time showdown medalist, second all time in goals, fourth in games, three time BNF. Full-time All-Australian, which surprised me. Mm. Uh, yeah. one, Great three BNFs player. Won three BNFs in a row as well, which is, you know, nothing to discount. So I think I agree with you. I think that there's a four, and that's probably where my four cuts off. The fifth bloke on my list who I think you're about to draft, you know, you could throw into the mix on the right occasion, but. I'm not unhappy with Warren Treadray and Robbie Gray, who were my top two on my draft board. So
1: I'll take Robbie Gray fourth overall. Yeah, right. Does get a bit trickier now. Mm. And there's a couple of blokes I want to take. But I think I'm going to go with my heart more than my head. And this bloke was just an unreal player early in the port piece. Was good in... He sort of was there for their first champion premiership. Champion premiership.
0: He must have been fucking good.
1: Yeah. He he changed the game. (laughs) I'm going to take my man, Gav Wanganine. Yeah. I know you thought I was going to take Cockatoo Collins. (laughs) But no. I'm taking... I'm taking Gav Wanganui with my third Woo. pick, and he was actually third on my list. That's probably more just because I like the bloke, to be honest. Um, and he'll look good on a on a graphic, so I'll take Gav um, and let you have who I think probably should be in this spot. But I just, just my heart, you know.
0: Well, I think Gav was fifth on my board. That's who I was talking up. Uh, okay. 173 games with the power. Obviously, won a Brownlow with Essendon and won a flag with them in '99. But mm. it was a five-time all oz two times with Port. He was second in the Norm Smith voting, uh, in that 2004 premiership that they won. So, yep, he's an icon, Indigenous icon as well. So true. Yep, I can't argue with that pick. Like I said, I think he's elite. I <sighs> I am a little bit torn between my sixth and seventh player. I've chopped them, changed them quite frequently on my draft board. But one of them, I think by the time he's finished playing, could move himself further up this list. Mm. Uh, won a Brownlow last year, made his first All-Australian team as well. Three times he's won the Gavin Wanganeen, ironically, medal which is awarded to the best player under the age of 21. So, you know, if you win that three times, that means you're pretty fucking good from the word go. Uh, yeah. I'm going to take Ollie Wines. You know, played his 200th yeah. game earlier this year. You could make the case that there's port players currently who are retired that have achieved more than him. There's only one power player who's got a brown loan, and I now own him on my draft board. So I'm taking Ollie Wines with pick number
1: six. That's a good pick. That's a good pick he'd sort of fallen off my, from my radar, even though he's written down as, oh, he's written down as my number seven. So, you know, maybe it's appropriate time to pick him. <sighs> oh man. I didn't think you were going to take him because I forgot about him. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, the last pick coming up. It is my last pick. I'm actually writing down. Who's got who this week. Just so Oh-hoo! I Hey, so it's a and little you know bit what? of peek With behind my... the
0: curtains. I do that every week. So I make sure I get <laughs> yeah, the mate. names right for the fucking
1: graphic. <laughs> Maybe I should do that more. Well, I tell you what, mate, this has been a hard, hard choice, but I'm going to pick Cameron Hitchcock. No, I'm not really. Uh, well done. I don't done. know who that is. Well done. Uh, yep, he deserves it. You know, just quietly, the bloke who won't get, named on this who was it so fucking good is um Josh Franco.
0: Oh yeah. Yep. And actually he not was, on any of my lists.
1: No, he's yeah he's not on my list either, but <clears throat> just had to bring him up because I just remember him ripping West Coast yeah. so many times. He was really fucking good. I've got um, an honorable right. mention list, but yeah he didn't even
0: crack that. So yeah, shout out Josh yeah. Franco.
1: No he's a good bloody player. All right, well shit. Um <laughs> well I'm gonna shit. I'm just going to go on the the games played for Port Adelaide list. I'm going to go Peter Burgoyne. He was an absolute scumbag on the footy field. Like, you know, he was just, he annoyed the shit out of me, but boy, he was good. Him and his brother were unbelievably good. Um, So I'm going to take one of the brothers left and take Peter Burgoyne because I think he was better than Sean in his run at uh, Port. Agreed. Um, and now you, you can take another brother with your last pick. I think I will take another brother, uh, mm. but
0: from a different mother. I think, well yeah, uh, just quickly, Dom Cassisi might be my favourite Port Adelaide player of all time. The goal that he kicked against Geelong at Skilled Stadium, I want to say in 07 when they went on to get pantsed by the Cats. Mm. Uh, to give them a win at Skilled. That's, that stands out in my mind, and I just loved watching Dom Cassisi. Yep. Stu okay. Jew, also a great Port Adelaide servant. Good player. Uh, a lot of people remember him for his third quarter heroics against Hawthorne while he was the shape of a wine barrel. But, yeah, mm. was no scrub at Port Adelaide. Byron Pickett only played 55 games for the pair. He is one of twelve players, only twelve players, with two flags, a Norm Smith medal, and two hundred AFL games. So, you know, that's a small list. Hodge is probably on that list. Uh yep. can't think of anyone else off the dome, but yeah, Byron Big <laughs> deserves a shout out. Uh, uh yeah. Sean Burgoyne was definitely the lesser of the Burgoyne's from a Port Adelaide standpoint. You're taking the whole yep. AFL careers, you're probably taken seeing but Oh, no, sorry. He's not a Cian. He's a genuine Sean. Oh, yep. But, uh, yep, no, if I can finish the draft, right? Oh, I think I'm going to draft, <laughs> uh, Chad Corns with my final yep. pick. Dual All Australian, uh, was a champion it was, of it that football club and was good. Was One good. and all Oz when they won the flag as well. So, you know, was mm. good when it mattered. 239 games. I did look long and hard at drafting Justin Westoff who's 13 games played and 13 goals kicked. Won a BNF in 2018, but his resume kind of lacks a lot outside of that. So he was, uh, Chad Corns was seventh on my board. Westhoff was going to round it out. And the last one I will give an honourable mention to is Brendan Laid, who was part of their inaugural squad. Dual All-Australian, 230 games.
1: So he deserves a mention. You're but, forgetting yeah. Dave. Dave Roden.
0: Oh, I forgot Dave Roden. Damn it, Dark.
1: Nah, I'm I'm changing it. I'm drafting Dave Roden purely for his goal umpire antics. <laughs> Jay Cockatoo Collins, love that bloke. <laughs> love that bloke. Daniel uh,
0: yeah, Pierce won a Rising Star with Port, didn't he? Before he came to Frio.
1: Yep, yep, definitely. Tommy Jonas is a bloody good player. Yeah, he he'll probably finish on this list. Agreed. Um. <laughs> Uh, The other one I had on my list was um, Brad Ebert.
0: I just had Ebert written down
1: to give Brad and Brett a little bit of a shine. (laughs) Yeah, no, Brad was very, very good. So he didn't have a number next to his name, but bloody good player. Um, And that's, I think, all I've got. Not too many elite players in the history of Port, but uh, I think we've managed to weed out the eight. Yeah,
0: I agree. I think that... After you get through the first four to five, it drops off very quickly. Mm. But I don't think we've missed any Port Adelaide players that were relevant either. You know, there might be an active. We might be sitting down ten years from now talking about how Connor is a dual yeah. premiership, three hundred game player and won a Coleman one year, the year they played him out of the cage. But I think we covered all bases and got all the relevant Port Adelaide players. So another tight one. This will be this will be tough to split. Both, oath, yeah. Tang Corns, Gav Wanganine, and Peter Burgoyne versus Treadray, Robbie Gray, Ollie Wines, Chad Corns.
1: Yeah, good luck. There we faithful. go. Mm, good luck. Good luck with that one, guys. You really enjoy that. All right. I might have to make
0: uh, next week's draft Central Division orientated while we do our Central Division preview. We'll be back uh, recapping the fantasy season as well. I dropped an article talking about uh, the relevant cash cows on the dream team talk site. So anyone listening to this, make sure you go vote. Who do you think uh, you had your vote yet on who you think's like a relevant cash cow? Who do you think's the cash cow MVP?
1: Dacos easily.
0: Yep. Well done. And that's the sports by fry cash cow (laughs) recap. Now I agree.
1: Has anyone
0: put anyone else? Actually I'll, I'll get it up live, but I tell you what, I was writing this article and I do like, you know, different positions. I did the game of the year. Like, I put a bit of time and effort into it. I tried to make it more than just a <laughs> who's the best, as Dacos. All right, carry on, enjoy the rest of your week. But it was virtually like that as I was writing it out. Any field that included Dacos, I was like, well, no one's picking anyone else. So, Who, who's as it sta- third?
1: That's, the, that's probably where it starts to
0: get interesting. <laughs> well, as it stands right now, there's been 316 votes on this poll. 282 of them have gone to Dacos for the MVP. Uh, okay. 36 have gone to Nick Martin. Yep. One vote for Ben Hobbs. Ooh, three votes for Tyson Stengel and four votes for Paddy McCartan. That's
1: where we stand. Wow. Yep, it's pretty one-sided. That's, that's about as lopsided of a vote as you're going to see. I yeah. swear to God. Anyway, The
0: Sam Walsh year was similar. I remember writing about yep.
1: him and he just
0: bobbed it, but yeah, shout out to Nick Dacos. Maybe coaches will have him in their trade plans, but hey, good luck to any fantasy faithful listener to this who are in a grand final. Uh, if you've made it through this entire podcast, then uh, you probably need a good night's sleep. And uh, yeah. we're we'll back to recap. <laughs> or a, for a life. <laughs> <laughs> nah, this is what they live for, man.
1: Yeah, no, nah, good on you. Yeah.
0: All right. Uh, cheers for joining once again, j Next Wednesday, we will do it again. But until then, you be well, my friend.
1: Yep. (laughs) No worries, man. The
0: boy's coming in clutch. That was well done. Yeah,
1: well done.